0: Welcome back to a new episode of the Shups and Preds Podcast. This week, while Tyler is on his honeymoon, uh-huh, we've got three strong. It's myself, John, as well as Matt and Peter. Guys, how are we doing today? Wonderful. We doing just really celebrated well. Matt's daughter's first birthday. What a day it was.
1: It really is. Just pretty the most lit. amazing thing in the whole world. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty cool. So, it's the best thing I've ever
0: done. It's the, best thing, done. In the world. It's best thing going. Um, but, on to more important business. We've got <laughs> a week 14 recap. We've got week 15 preds. We've got fantasy, which I will not call for the end of the show before we get to this week. You have my word on that. Um,. So, and then we also have league leaders and normal stuff about that. Uh, Guys, we are coming up upon the penultimate week of the season. Uh, But before we get into that, let's take a look back on the week that was week 14 in the CFL season. I will kick us off. Uh, First game of the week was BC at Hamilton. The Ticats won 26-18, making it three in a row for them, and making it six losses in a row for the BC Lions. Uh, Our boy, Jeremiah Masoli, with yet another solid outing, going 19-26 of for 258 yards and a touchdown. That touchdown went to the man we've been waiting to arrive all year, the reigning MOP, Speedy B. He tallied six receptions for 75 yards, and uh, that major... Uh, he's been finding his flow since returning from injury um, in week 12. He's getting better every week and now grabs his first touchdown of the season. Another person finding his flow, Don Jackson, shining again out of the backfield. He had 80 yards on 12 carries. Um, The rushing TD, however, for the Ticats came from my boy, S.T.E., who they should give the ball to more. Michael Riley, uh, he had a pretty solid game, to be honest. He had a fair game. 33 of 43 for 330 yards. Couldn't find the end zone. Did throw one interception. Uh, Riley did add a major on the ground, as did James Butler, uh, who finished uh, with 51 yards on 14 carries. Lucky Whitehead was back in action, and they were force-feeding him the ball early and often. Uh, He had nine receptions on 13 targets. Most targeted player for the BC Lions uh, for 98 yards. Two teams, as I said, predicting this game, that are trending in exact opposite directions. You've got Hamilton, who is going to be challenging for a first-round playoff bye, and you have BC that's doing everything uh, to keep themselves in the playoff discussion. Boys, what do you think with this one?
1: I I think that it's unfortunate that BC is where they're at right now. Um, I think They're I not... Yeah, so obviously they've got serious issues up front uh, protecting Michael Riley, and they have serious issues, although they're doing better now, but um, running the ball. Um, But it's unfortunate because I I do think, um, while I doubt they're going to make it into the playoffs, um, I think they are actually trending upwards from the the major dip like at the beginning of the season. They're playing better. They were flying high. Yes, the they Lucky are Whitehead better. dropped them into a valley and with his return there's a little more confidence um and and I mean uh, unfortunately he's no longer in the MOP conversation but to have an MOP caliber uh receiver back in the lineup is is certainly helpful as we've but seen for but
0: 3 weeks there we lived it We were there for the lucky Whitehead run, and it was sweet. (laughs) The most explosive offense in the CFL for three weeks. It was excellent.
1: I I think it it is the most explosive in that it's either like a little red stick (laughs) in the sand, or it's a big explosion. Like, it's, it's not like a... There's no fire burning. It's either... Ninety yards to Lucky Whitehead, or they lose six in a row, and sometimes it's both.
2: Well, to touch on what you said about not protecting Mike, the offensive line for BC, oh Michael. Michael, sorry, they did
0: only give up one sack this game, but he was under quite a bit of pressure,
2: right? And but they they just cannot establish a run game, and then that's just gonna that's just gonna continue to stress Mike out, and is if he's gonna keep Who? getting pre- Michael, uh, if he's just gonna keep getting. Absolutely hammered there. I mean, I, this is a game that I think BC could have won, but
1: mm-hmm.
2: I just I don't know that that offensive line. It's like it's there's one thing. There's like I think I I mean clearly they have the yeah, athletes the to make core it is excellent. right. Clearly they have the athletes to make it happen.
1: So you th- you think that the the fix in the off season is if they could do one thing right? The fix is the line right, and then that helps the run game.
0: Uh, it doesn't warm. do anything to that defense. The defense is not
2: not yeah, terrible.
0: <laughs> the linebackers are really good.
2: Yeah, but I pass pass, well, obviously not I just think that glaring that glaring hole uh, <laughs> or the lack thereof, which is not created in the BC offensive line, is going to be a <laughs> going to be, that's that's be that's a big there. problem going
0: forward. Um, I think I'll save most of my points about Hamilton for when we talk Toronto Hamilton Week 15 because that I'm sure we're going to go on a bit for there, but. In terms of this game, it was just getting the job done. I felt they were in control for the majority of the time. Um, certainly needed to make plays, and they did. Uh, but that receiving core for Hamilton ha- offers a lot of options uh, for Masoli. Uh, the fact that, you know, Jalen Acklin only had one reception this week. Jalen Acklin is a legit wide receiver, and he was only targeted twice. So that's bad in that you you know you got to work the ball around to a lot of guys but that's good that you have quite a quite a few options and Braylon Addison is also hopefully going to play at some point which just adds another weapon
2: yeah I like this Hamilton team going forward I think I think they'll be solid just get as you said Jay just get STE the ball three carries three carries
0: they yeah I I this is I will. I am going to have to write like a long paper about this to get to the bottom of why CFL teams just refuse to give two running backs the ball. It is a one. It is so odd. But anyway, um, I have nothing else to say on that. Uh, I think we'll talk both. I think both of those teams are involved in the two most intriguing games of this upcoming week. So we'll have more to say on them later. I'm intrigued. Let's move on to uh, Saskatchewan at Edmonton. Uh, the Riders held off a late-game push from the Elks to win 19 to 17, and get one step closer to grabbing second place in the West. Uh, this game was a bit of a grind for the audience, with both teams struggling to find the end zone uh, for the majority of the game.
1: Which is something you you didn't don't really come to expect from these two teams. Yeah, <laughs> really. really oh, yes. Yeah. Like yes. this, this is the. Death as, I, as I've done it for CFL, the, the king <laughs> like of the ugly win,
0: the king of the ugly win, <laughs> Cody Fajardo, uh, was 24 of 33 for 241 yards. He had one major, he also had one interception. He did add 44 hard yards on the ground. It would have been, it could have been, a meager 42 yards on the ground. But Cody refuses to ever run out of bounds. So, took some hard hits and made it a solid 44. So, really good on you, bud. I'm sure it's worth it in the long run. Uh, for the rest of the running game, William Powell... Well, to
1: stick on uh, Cody for just real quick. You not just to,
0: run out of bounds.
1: Well, that... But then, I, I, another thing that this guy is begging for the long ball, right? But he's yes. 10 yards per yes. reception? I ha- I like, know, he did
0: complete a bomb to Duke Williams, was thirty-eight for yards. yards, which is good. Well, but it was thirty-eight yards through the air, so you know it was a good it was a good ball. Here's yeah. a stat though about the Rider's passing game: Shaq Evans, who is now healthy, had six receptions for fifty-one yards, but he was targeted twelve times. Uh, for anyone wondering, a fifty percent completion percentage to a single target is not good especially when you target him 12 times. Um, I To say I'm worried about this Riders team uh, going into the playoffs would be an understatement. I will heap some praise on the Elks because if Cody is the king of the ugly win, I am the king of the good loss, which this was a good loss. They did not give up. <laughs> Missing Greg Ellingson and James Wilder Jr. on offense, Danny Vandervoort stepped up two late touchdown receptions, First of his CFL career. It was hype. The four, they they made a go for it, you know, big fourth quarter comeback attempt. A team that has absolutely nothing going for him. I like, love that from my squad not giving up. Now, do they stink? Surely, but they really worked their buns off. Defense played well. So if it's already you know, it's already billed to next year time, and this was a good game towards that. Um for as much as a a, a loss, a, another loss at home can be a good good game. That's all I gotta <laughs> say about that.
2: I don't know. I, I when I was watching this game, I was like, man, Sketch really let them get back into it. And you know, maybe maybe that's bad on them. But I I, I just if Sketch wins, they win. I think. I don't. I don't.
1: <laughs> Like it does good, doesn't,
2: good doesn't t- it doesn't really say anything about like where they're at. They're just gonna win no matter what.
0: No, this is what it says is that it says that they have not scored over twenty-five points, I think, since like week uh week eight. They've not scored over twenty-five points since week eight. That's that's real. That's not good. But they're like, eight and like, four. I know they are eight and four, but like does Sketch do you have any belief that these guys could hold up against Winnipeg?
2: No, I don't believe that about just about it. Uh, no, not no, team.
0: But I, I mean, like, it's just, it's not, it's, it's so every week that sketch does this and just grinds by and then they go and they say, Hey, there's nothing wrong with winning ugly. Yeah. But you want to play well playing well is an important thing. I think like how many times, would Cody Pajardo get sacked three times? He keeps just getting beat up week in and week out. It's these little things. It's like this. I don't feel that this team is at all has a chance of winning a Grey Cup. So, I don't know. Uninspired to say the least.
1: I I think so too. I'm just was doing a little bit of math, and it's it's not a huge difference, but um, I, I think now I, we we are safe. We never. Said that we never claimed that Sketch was one of the most explosive offenses in the league. We, we, we never we, said that. We never said that, um, and that's that's no no joke. But they're like like actively unexplosive. Yes, <laughs> I yes. mean, uh, so nearly fifty percent of their yards on on the receiving yards were after the catch, and um, you know Edmonton, I was around 40%. So not a not a huge gap there. Um but just the difference in completions yep. to uh to yards. So Cody Fajardo 24 for 241, Taylor Cornelius 21 for 322. Yeah. Um like it's just really really short stuff and I'm looking at their the list, you know. William Powell um that was a one-yard pass. Keenan LaFrance uh, did not. It has seven yards and seven yards after carry. So these are obviously after the running catch, backs. Yeah, yeah. But those are basically run plays. No, but how um,
0: about Shaq Evans? Yeah, six six uh, receptions. Yeah. And what does that add up to? F-
1: well, 51 yards, yeah. 27 yards after carry. So over uh, about half of his yards were um, after the carry. Yeah. And his long is 14. Like, this is a premier wide receiver. I know who can beat people down the field. Like, that's
0: what I don't <laughs> get. It's just. Yeah. So,
1: I, I think that it's just. The defense isn't as strong as it needs to be to it's back it up. Fucking um, nasty, You though. know. Freaking nasty.
0: Like, Sorry. AC <laughs> Leonard. AC Leonard is filthy. They got something for you. But, yeah, no. I think that the. A, offense... A a Saskatchewan
1: yeah. team that's going to win a Grey Cup. Yes. With 19 points on um on 241 passing yards is going to need to blank a 2 and 8 or whatever Edmonton Elks team. Yes. Like to allow 17 points against this Edmonton Elks team at the end of the season, like it's just not going to be enough.
0: <laughs> no, I totally agree. It's um unimpressive no matter how good ac leonard's playing no he's a beast he's a beast as tyler our sorry our friend tyler press he wanted ac leonard will cool you down is what tyler has to say so i'm not sure what that means but he will cool you down um let's move on to the yes. other kings of the slop oh toronto at ottawa The CFL
2: needs to find a way to get their teams into the end zone. Let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, this was a, this uh, game, Toronto and Ottawa, perfect game for Ottawa to win. MBT was throwing some errant throws. Defense was really stepping up and they still found a way to lose. So the first half was, you know, I mean, it was fairly exciting. A lot of turnovers by Toronto, but it seemed that Ottawa really just couldn't turn those into six points. Uh, Lewis Ward was called on a lot and w- went two for five on the day. So, really, um, you know, who's usually a solid so guy. him. Yeah, really, you know, really, really <laughs> solid guy. No,
0: he's such a – what is he? Yeah. Um, go go, yeah, goes two for five on the day. But, well, yeah, we can get in some of the misses. He's 29 of 35 for the year. So, three of his six misses were today or, or were this game. So, that's very uncharacteristic.
2: Yeah. And so, um, but – Say, saying that, and with those misses, Toronto was able to get out of the uh, first half with a 13 9 lead. Uh, Toronto bolstered by some Boris Bede field goals as they were unable Boris to Bede.
0: reach. Boris Is it Bede? Yeah, yeah. Bede. I, think, I think it's pronounced Bede in French. I promise you it's not. We've been over. The this.
1: Venerable Bede.
0: Yes.
1: Hmm.
2: Interesting. Hold on. But <laughs> that being said, yes, Toronto uh, helped, up, uh, helped out by his leg. Uh, going into the half, thirteen uh, to nine, and then kind of unpredict or very predictably, Devontae <laughs> Dedman takes one back, one hundred and twenty six yards of the house. I mean, it's
0: the most electric man in the CFL.
2: Right? Get, should find find a way to get him the balls. Maybe uh, he deserves so much better oh, than what he's getting in Ottawa. Um, but that that didn't ha- That wasn't part of the game. Um, game went on and. Uh, again, Boris Beattie, uh, connecting on a field goal and Toronto powered by a, um, late touchdown from MBT to, uh, Devaris Daniels and then another Boris Beattie field goal to seal it off. And
0: man, Boris Daniels did not catch that touchdown, by the way. It was Curly Gittens. but go on. Was it? I promise you. Okay. I thought it was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, it doesn't
2: matter. Um, but yeah, I mean, this was just the perfect game for Toronto to finally shut us up about them. But man, yeah. they they suck.
0: They didn't do it. There was no shutting up. <laughs> <laughs> they they suck. DeVaris Daniels caught the two point conversion. That's what you're confused about.
2: No, they. There's the thing. I'm no, giving you. A, while no, I'm no, handing you. An no, no, no,
1: no. We're 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 past that, Joe. Okay, Peter. They suck. Ottawa? Toronto. No. You just said Toronto sucks. Toronto. No. No.
0: Toronto does suck. Straight up. I'll say it. They're the worst. Are, They're Peter, the worst are you
1: saying that Toronto team. sucks?
2: No, I'm not saying that. I meant to say Ottawa sucks, and they do. Because. <laughs> but here's the thing. This was, the duck was in this. And they the ducks comes out, debut. They still can't throw the ball. They no. give the, they give They run the ball in the first half, establish some ground game score a
1: touchdown of timothy flanders i think this is this is more that duck hodges is probably out of practice
0: yeah of I, I
1: think he's just not what is i mean has he
0: eight of 22 was, that's not what we want to see but what when was the last time he was in a game well he played for the steelers last thank you he did play for the steelers i don't know if we brought that up on the pod before <laughs> Um, he so he played played last yeah last week but yeah Before this was his joining, first, first start
1: but um, like when was the last time he played in any professional football game
0: the last time he played in a professional football game was probably the middle of the 20 was it 20 yeah middle of the 2019 yeah. NFL season
1: so he's just not played like competitive football in a long time. Yes, um, and and so that's one side. And I like to give him the benefit of the doubt. The other side of me says that Duck Hodges knew that he wasn't any good at football anymore oh. and locked oh. up a three year contract. So that's the reason he got
0: the three year contract.
1: He pushed for it, and they're like, "Oh yeah, sure, if you want to stay in Ottawa." But really, it was like he can't throw a football anymore. No, shut <laughs> up. What? Hey, listen, the guy went eight for twenty two. Yeah, well, that for 90 good. yards.
0: It wasn't I, I, a great
2: game from him, but it wasn't a great game from the whole team. I mean, this let's, was.
0: Let's talk the real story, though, which is that the first place team in the East barely beat the Ottawa Redblacks. Right. And Toronto is a total slop fest.
2: Toronto needs to call better plays. Yep. Obviously. The, I mean,. Numero uno. They have the talent to probably kick the heck right out of t- Ottawa. You would think. But they just can't move the ball. And especially inside the 20-yard line. The end zone's bigger. Like, it's huge. <laughs> the, the Both of these teams just could not find a way to put the ball in the end zone. And, I mean, obviously Lewis Ward not doing great. But to be put in that position so many times, I mean. It's just that both of these teams need to work on. it. Toronto, going forward, I, I'm I'm optimistic about how their their offensive production going forward. I, I think Ottawa's defense did play very well. Oh wow!
0: I am uh, so pessimistic <laughs> about the Toronto Argonauts.
2: I think Toronto has a good team. It's just
0: ah uh, that
1: if they got a good team, why don't they play good?
0: They do play good, just Mc- not this week. McLeod Bethel Thompson. In his last, so uh, his last three games, which yeah. Toronto is two and one in, he has a touchdown <laughs> to interception ratio of two to eight. <laughs> two <laughs> to eight. Three of that is so so not good. Um, I don't know what the heck. I, I mean, it I, definitely makes so. Yeah, they brought in—I think the Arbuckle move was so that they could bring in weapons. Like, they brought in Josh Huff this past week. They brought in Nate Hawley on the defense the week before. So they're bringing in reinforcements. So I think Toronto has a chance to get better just before they head into the playoffs, which is awesome and is so exciting. Uh, but they they are—I think Hamilton's going to crush them.
2: Do you?
1: Yeah, I, I that's a challenge. I mean, definitely the game of the week next week, and we'll get to oh, it. Oh, absolutely. Um, that's a challenge. Challenging. Game this was for, just for
0: so sloppy. Pick. It was so ugly.
1: Well, I, like... it, it again, you know, I'm gonna we'll we'll bring it up again that, uh, Toronto is eight and four and has been outscored by their opponents. Yes. It's unbelievable. <laughs> so, which basically to me, I think, I, I think if you run down the the scores it's just going to be sloppy three-point wins and then like blowout losses
0: yeah no um, not, not good
1: so the east uh semis and the finals is gonna rip it's gonna be awesome gonna be I'm so, so excited good. it's gonna be great
0: <laughs> um matt yeah we'll kick us off or finish sorry
1: we'll finish up let's finish up week 14 a little uh uh gray cup preview Oh uh, anybody? Anybody? Eh, you uh got so me we had about it. <laughs> um, I think it's it's really possible um, anything's possible. <laughs> no doubt about <laughs> so it. So we had a uh, uh, Montreal Alouettes going into uh, Winnipeg and throughout the game uh, through the first three quarters just traded um, traded points. Uh, Trevor Harris got a uh, two touchdowns. Uh, Montreal was uh, fortunate enough to pick up a fumble and uh, and run that in. Um, and then Mont, you know, Zach Calaros you know, ended the game, twenty-one for thirty-three, two hundred and eighty uh, yards and two touchdowns. So very, 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 very Zach Calaros game. Uh, you know, just <laughs> easy does it. Easy, like no it's just it's it's. In this he's very similar to Cody Fajardo, but he's just cooler. He's just just way more level And not you know more yards, right? So he's 21 completions for 280 yards So what is that? I don't know you do the math at home. Um, so a little bit longer uh, off the uh, off the gun there, but um, Not it's just a, a game we expect out of Zach Kalaros um and ultimately this game went into the fourth quarter tied at twenty-one. You guys will not believe what happened. What happened? The uh the Winnipeg blue bombers did not allow a single point in the fourth quarter. T- uh, yes. You're yes, kidding. Uh, it ain't so. <laughs> and Trevor Harris, who had looked really good up to that point, uh, threw two you know those two uh, fourth quarter interceptions including one on the, the final drive to to lock it up yes. lock it up i'm convinced
2: oh. they literally own the fourth quarter uh, it's you mean they purchased it it's yes. there
1: <laughs> well, yeah they they've got the nft on the fourth <laughs> quarter it's
0: absurd <laughs>
1: um so I, I a really really good game i mean this is a fun game to watch um it's unfortunate that Trevor Harris cuz i think he had a really good um in a shaky effort the last game this was looking to be like a really solid comeback um but then i maybe it's just winnipeg i mean winnipeg's obviously very good but i think um, so to you know two interceptions and then you know you, you maybe don't count the second one because that's in in yeah. late time you're taking more risks than you would um, the rest of the game, so but but the one interception in the fourth quarter with the game on the line is obviously uh, challenging. Um, so,
0: I, I what do you guys think about this? I one? do think so. My you know public enemy number one for me <laughs> before he just like turned it. He's going to be the MOP was Zach Calera's. Right. What did he do last season? He came in and he let the players around him. Shine while he didn't make too many mistakes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Made a few plays when needed, made a few big throws, but mostly just kept it even keel. That is what Trevor Harris needs to do for the Montreal Alouettes going forward. Mm-hmm. He's got the guys around him. Get the ball into the hands of stand back. The, get like Eugene Lewis, and we cannot be doing three receptions only for Eugene Lewis. We got to get him the ball short passing game just let the athletes around you make plays and you will be better for it that i can see them if they adopt that sort of mentality it will work out well for them or it yeah. can work out well for them
1: yeah very similar teams um well you have the most dominant running back
0: in the league <laughs> you know in in 2019 it was andrew harris this year it's far and away William Stanback is the best running back in the league. Um, I think that's become quite clear. Um, and, But, yeah. And, you know, 16 carries for 106 yards for Standback. that's awesome. But that becomes more effective um, if the defense is playing off because there's at least a little bit of threat of that mm-hmm. passing game rolling. I, and, yeah. you know, I think T. Harris can do that. He's just got to play within himself play within himself don't take too many risks
1: i i am hot on montreal i say. am aware of this yeah <laughs> i can hear it. i can i i know i know well no, I, I think... i'm very hot on on trevor harris and i yes. i think he got a raw deal in edmonton that's i think more around front office um yeah. kind of not incompetence but i think there's there's a lot of folks in the uh and the Edmonton coaching staff and the front office, who are uh, trying to figure out how they <laughs> how they stay in the organization. Part of yes. that is going to take some risks, and I think uh, I think risks are good. I Hope the Elks uh, can turn it around, but I do think that Trevor Harris ended up on the raw raw end of of that of those attempts. So yes, but he risks. he's so, in a
0: better place now for sure. I think so Yeah, and I think.
1: He's a contender. Listen, He's a
0: better man for it. Is is obviously Winnipeg's the best team in the CFL far and away. This is the first time in weeks, though, that we've actually watched a game and been like, ooh, does somebody have something for them? Mm-hmm. So this is – then they, they – you know, in the end, like you said, Peter, Winnipeg owns the fourth quarter. They do. But Montreal showed that if you pound that rock – if you pound that rock, if you take care of the ball for three quarters, you can be in a position to win. So this was, yeah, I think both teams, you know, Winnipeg gets the win. They put up 31 points. They're solid as always. But I don't think you come away from this feeling all that bad about yourselves if you're in Montreal. Because I think few adjustments um, and you can get things done. Indeed. Indeed. All right, any closing shots on week 14 before we talk league leaders and then move into week 15 Preds? Anybody?
1: Normal week. We'd like to see a little more excitement.
2: Yeah, I'd I'd like to see some touchdowns, man. No more field goals.
0: Well, week 15's got a few heaters for us. So before we get into that, passing yard leaders with two weeks left in the season. Uh, Your passing yard leader is Zach Claro's. First person to eclipse 3,000 yards on the season, he's at 3,112. Your rushing yards leader, first person to eclipse 1,000 yards on the season, Willie back 1,066 yards. And your receiving yards leader, still nobody above 1,000 receiving yards this season, but Kenny Lawler has 915 heading into the final two weeks of the season. So we'll see how much playing time he gets. I can definitely see Eugene Lewis, who's in second at 913, uh, eclipsing him and grabbing that second spot because Montreal's just going to be playing in a couple more important games. Uh, but that said, what let's do we start it. Any... Luckily, week 15 kicks off with the game of the week. Hamilton at Toronto for first place in the Eastern Conference. It's so, it's so hard. These teams <laughs> have met three times this year. Argos are 2-1 in those meetings. Argos, margin of victory in those two games, two points. Combined margin of victory, two points. (coughs) In the three games this season, Hamilton is averaging 23.6 points per game. Toronto averaging 20 points per game. Hamilton averaging 376.66 yards per game. Toronto averaging 373.33 yards per game needless to say it is close between these two i here's what i see though as i stated earlier since their last meeting toronto is two and one their two wins above which are over bc and ottawa combined five points hamilton is three and oh now, while they have played the three worst teams in the league, Hamilton has beaten them handily. I am picking the Hamilton Tiger Cats yes. to win in the Week 15 matchup.
1: Matt, what say you? What says me is it's close. It is close. It's very close. But Toronto has not lost a game at home. Oh. Okay. They are. What is, it, is that? Not true.
0: No, that's true. I'm just I'm saying. I I'm interested where you're going to go with this.
1: Oh, I think that I think if you're five and zero at home, you got a good chance of going six and zero. No, I I think it's going to be a, a tight one. Um uh, Do we know if Braylon Addison's coming back?
0: We do not know. I do not currently know what the uh, Ty Cats injury
1: report is. So I think Jeremiah Masoli is looking really good. I yes, I'm not waiting for him to falter. So I got to see. <laughs> Oh no, it went away. Um, oh, nice. that happens every time. What's That's going good. on here? I've got the dusty room, I guess. Um, I'm not waiting for Jeremiah Masoli to falter, but um worried about the stuff that we saw, you know, earlier in the season before the injury. Yes. Seems like um his the lack of scrambling ability and um but since he's come back it's just been super solid. Um but still I gotta stick with stick with Toronto on this one. I think uh I'm gonna do it. I'm doing it.
0: Alright. <laughs> Joining Matt is Tyler Press, who's also picking the Argos. Um and Tyler's point to be made is that the Argos have the defense to go far in the playoffs if their QBs ever get their stuff together. So, Peter, you're the final piece. Who you taking?
2: You know, I, I think that that point by by Tyler is really important. They do have a solid defense, and they they do have a solid off the, they do have a solid offense, but it's just not enough for the Hamilton Tiger Cats this week. They're so exciting, and as Matt was saying, we need some excitement in this league right now, and Hamilton's providing that. I think Speedy B, who's been talking about it, he is he's coming back, and he's coming back stronger than he ever has been. So you know what, Hamilton, I
0: think Hamilton's going to get it done. Absolutely, love it. Two v two, baby. That's how we do it. Let's move on. Calgary at BC. Um, this is these teams' third meeting of the year so far. They've split the previous two. BC won in Week Two by a score of fifteen to nine. Calgary won in Week Eleven by a score of thirty-nine to ten. The BC Lions are playing for their playoff lives. This is a must-win game. Matt. Do they get it done?
1: I do not see it, unfortunately. Oh. Yeah, I want to pick you BC. You want it so. to happen. I, like, I I will be rooting for for BC, but yes. I'm also, I've got a, a record to protect. Um, no, I, I I don't think this is, uh, I don't think, this is not as difficult for me as the Hamilton and Toronto yeah. game. Um, I think BC's looking better. Um I don't know that Calgary has a super solid defense, um, but I think it's going to be enough to keep the uh, the Lions from you know causing too much havoc. And then I, I think that Calgary's offense is looking really solid, um, pulling for Bo. Yes. I mean, my if I had my druthers, right? BC. Well, can I can I get, get into my my theory?
0: Oh yeah, no, this is the time to share your. So theory. the
1: theory is BC wins against Calgary, right? and then
0: that has to happen organically
1: correct that is the
0: organic thing
1: right so and, then, and that's just that they'll just they'll do it okay well i don't think they will but they could and they won't but they might i get i get bc it. beats calgary and then we look at week 16 winnipeg plays calgary you know they're now looking at who they might want to face i think that that winnipeg would like to see bc in the semifinals more than Calgary because uh no matter what happens I pretty you know anyways point being that this game if BC can win it sets up a chance for Winnipeg to just put the screws to Calgary and knock out a potential opponent um in uh in the Grey Cup playoff so that's the theory, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think Calgary's going to lock up a, a playoff spot right right here on Friday.
0: I like that theory. I like that take. I love the spice. My only counter would be possibly it could behoove Winnipeg more to have Calgary and Skatch beat up on each other in the semis. Just throwing that out there.
2: Well, just throwing not that not out there. there. We, might that. we might not know.
0: Um um by the way, Tyler Press picks the Stampeders, and he says, BC is better, but it's too late in the season to be counting your good losses. Never too late, by the way. Uh, <laughs> when the season looks so promising.
1: I don't understand that take. Like it... I
0: don't understand what he said there, but I, uh, I he's picking the Stampeders. Uh,
1: I don't understand the take. Peter, what about if yourself? I, if I thought that BC was the better team, I would thousand percent be choosing them. Yes, come on.
2: No, um, to what Matt was saying, uh, Calgary doesn't have that great of a defense, so that would that I, I'm you know I'm a, sort of got a soft spot for BC, so it, it would it would persuade me to pick them. But I just think Bo Levi is going to be too much. Calgary's got some things to prove before the playoffs start, so I'm going with the Stamps.
0: My mind has totally changed since this pick started. (laughs) Because now I'm hearing all the reasons why BC is somehow going to pull this off. (laughs) However, I'm sticking with my original stance. Good. I think Calgary has a chance to end the Lions season, and I think they do it. They take the pressure off themselves mm-hmm. heading into the final week of the season. It's a big time. Imagine being able to get healthy the final week, not worry about things. I think Calgary wins that one. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on to the first CFL start of the season for the vulture himself, Sean McGuire as uh, Winnipeg and Montreal get their re- rematch going this time in Montreal. Uh, Tyler kicks this one off. He picks the bombers. He's got no notes on the bombers, so we can move right to Peter. Perfect.
1: Do we think that Tyler got the message that Shawnee Mac is starting? I don't care. Don't matter. (laughs) I mean it doesn't doesn't matter. it's locked in. No, I don't think he did, and that's why you know. Despite
2: despite Shawnee Mac starting I still do believe the bombers are going to get it done. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh! No way. Absolutely. No way. Absolutely. No way. Yep. This
1: is not a chance. I you think don't... no.
2: I also have I think I think I think they just I, I I see this they they lock up try or try to lock up Willie Standback, force Trevor Harris to make some throws which he can't cuz he's bad. Oh. oh my
1: god, this you, guy is taking... You you're out of control watch your mouth
2: <laughs> no i just wanted to say that for john uh okay. he's he's fine but i if they force him to make a bunch of throws i i mean i think he's bound to make mis- some mistakes, some mistakes. But, yes. Yes. so i think the bombers will still win i
1: it, there is a distinct possibility and, and i don't know you know you take this with a grain of salt but uh mike o'Shea did say that this is not about resting Zach. It's about getting Sean reps in a, you know, a real live game situation. So yeah. I don't know. I don't think obviously they've locked up first place. I don't think they care, but there is a possibility that if it's starting to get really embarrassing, that Zach steps in and, and makes sure everyone remembers who the big dogs are. Mm,
0: I like that it's too. possible.
1: But it I also possible. think that, um, Winnipeg's in coast mode. They're prepping. So, um, John, did you give your take? Sorry. I'm not, no, I'm not prepped
0: yet, but that's all right. Pred it up. You, so you, who's your official pick?
1: It's Montreal. Okay.
0: I'm also picking Montreal. They are still in play to host a home playoff game.
1: That is correct. Yes.
0: That is a lot to play for. That is serious action. I mean, that alone, the stakes. There is one team in this game that has stakes. I'm picking that team. Yes,
1: Montreal not only wins. not only home uh, field, they have a chance to. Uh, they could. Yeah, they could get first. They could clinch uh, a bye in the first round.
0: It still could happen. It still could happen.
1: So not with this game, but yeah. So the East is wide open. Yeah. Um, Montreal definitely needs this. Um, and so yeah, there's the. Winnipeg just can't want it as much because they don't need anything.
0: No, I, I think no, this is yes, I, I, I think that Montreal um they can definitely they can definitely uh get this win and find themselves sitting pretty mm-hmm. heading heading into week sixteen. Well, especially little... if
1: your other pred comes true. If if Hamilton yeah. beats Toronto, then like the path to first place for Montreal is you know, need some lot They, you know, unfortunately, Toronto is going to need to lose to Edmonton, but yeah. uh, Montreal's next game is against Ottawa. So if no, if definitely, Montreal... like,
0: I, I think it's definitely more likely that Montreal hosts the semis, that's probably their most right. likely scenario. But no, they're, it's going to be, yeah, the East is so fun. Yeah. So fun. So let's then yeah, finish the week with the two least fun teams in the CFL.
2: Yes. Uh, maybe.
0: Edmonton at Saskatchewan. I don't like
2: to I, I wouldn't group Edmonton into that. They're just uh down They're bad. They're more fun. They're just down bad.
0: They're more fun actually, though. You're right. <laughs> um I say saying that. Oh right, you're first, sorry. I'm saying
2: that Sketch is gonna win this one. Because Edmonton just ain't it.
0: I agree. Um but let me read my notes. Uh I don't care about this game. I just hope that Sketch wins by more than two shows me something that thinks they're going to be a live dog at some point during the playoffs. Um, it can't keep winning like this. I, I, I would almost, I now look, I'm thinking playoff time. And what I'm thinking is I want competitive, fun playoff games. I don't see that with Sketch. So I just want to see them improve their play so that I can get more hyped for the playoffs at this point. And then as far as Edmonton goes, I just want them to keep building, keep showing that fight. I said they will win another game before this season ends. They've got three chances. This is the first to three. It could happen, yeah, but it I, won't. Lose. I don't. So Saskatchewan I don't wins this one.
1: No, Ske- <laughs> yeah, sketch is gonna win this one. Yeah. um Sketch. I. I think they need to just have a, a. I don't even know what the right phrase for it is, but something to light a fire and maybe you know, I don't, who do they play next?
0: They're at Hamilton. Yes, Hamilton.
1: At Hamilton, that's not a a good game. So I think if you're um, Craig Dickinson, you, this is your like amp up game. Like, you know, it's going to be a tough one going into Hamilton, but right now, I'm pretty sure they can, with the win on Saturday, I think they can clinch home field that would be nice yeah because that would make them that nine, would take them. yes that nine would take and four them yes. To
0: 18 points and even if calgary wins at 14 yeah. points yes
1: so on Saturday we can clinch home field yes um uh, Edmonds is not playing for anything um yeah. I think sketch is gonna win so I, I think and I think that's a given that
0: you would hope again we're going to at
1: least pred that sketch is going to win. We one
0: team who has stakes again, But
1: I'm with you 100% yeah. John. Let's like this is the let's go have some fun. Let's go win a football let's game. Let's go. Yeah.
0: Let's Let- go. Tyler he picks the riders uh, and says nothing about them in his notes however. What he did say though is about the Edmonton Elks who he says have actually been decent the last few ins-
1: games. That was insane to me. And
0: because they have not been out of it from the beginning, they are allowed to take some positives away from close close losses. <laughs> he also says, who the heck is Walter Fletcher? Well, that is the Elks running back in James Wilder Jr.'s absence. Um, and Tyler, he's coming to my side. The good loss. It's a thing. We're going to make it a thing. Um, yeah. So I think, I, I agree. I think the final two games of the week, you see the teams that are playing for stakes get the job done. Try uh, tip?
1: <laughs> uh, this, unfortunately, I, I think, not that, I don't think Edmonton was set up for failure, but there's no way that this stretch was going to be any fun. Either they were going to be out of it and just slogging through... Uh, three games in six days or they were going to be, I guess if they had clinched it, it's not a problem, but basically it's either they just slog through a lame duck last three games and just have no fun or they're fighting for a playoff spot and slog through three games and have just no fun. So I feel bad for them, um, but hopefully they can just kind of get their heads down, push through it and, Look forward to next year. If
0: Edmonton had them won just one more game; they would not be out of the playoffs heading into this final three game <laughs> stretch. That's wild. That is incredibly wild, considering they're, how they're bad, bad they—they're not good, man. If they were three and nine, they wouldn't have been out of it.
1: Yeah, um, just goes to show how like dominant uh, yeah. Winnipeg has been to yeah. rack up we, all those wins,
0: leaving scraps for the yeah. rest of the West. Uh, Matt. Give us a week 14 fantasy review, please.
1: I will. So this one, um, uh, down week just for across the board. Not a lot of touchdowns scored, which means not a lot of fantasy points racked up. Uh, Challenges abound for Matt, Tyler, and Peter. Uh, Four um, Calgary players were I don't really have down
2: weeks anymore. I just have weeks. Uh,
1: Peter was actually up from last week. So that was good. Um, I, mea culpa, played Kamar Jordan, and Tyler, he claims that he didn't press enter uh, when he was inputting, who do you say, Tavares Daniels, uh, for Kadeem Carey. At so the flex position, yeah. At the flex position, so both of those guys uh, scored nil points. Um, and so what it looked like is John coming out uh, with the, the weekly victory Making up 14 points on Tyler. Uh, Leader for him, Kenny Lawler. So extending his uh, passing yard or receiving yard lead um, and putting 18.1 points up for John. Jeremiah Masoli down week from his previous uh, efforts, but still really good. uh, 16.1, 66.1 overall. Tyler was back a little bit, 52.2. Actually had a fairly solid week all around um but uh kitty that you know not having (laughs) not having a flex position hurt him and then it was you know just good efforts from cody fajardo uh willie stanback and nick demsky yes uh then i took third i had really poor efforts i mean obviously cloud bethel thompson Three interceptions, uh, William Powell not getting into the end zone. Um, and, and obviously the Kamar Jordan snafu, uh, was buoyed by Brian Burnham, uh, who, although he didn't get into the end zone, had a, a solid 14.7 points. And then Peter Back, uh, he was also on the leaderboard. Overall, uh, I was the first. How about Jake Winicky though, putting oh, out Jay a good performance? That's correct. He did it. 16 points. Yeah, 16 points. Got a, uh, uh, got a touchdown, so that was good. He's back, Peter. Good pickup. Um, <laughs> so I was the first of the squad this year to crack a thousand points, so I'm Congrats. at one thousand and twenty point seven. Uh, Tyler is is right there with me, nine hundred seventy one point three, and John is right there with Tyler, nine fifty seven point one, and uh, it's obviously not impossible. I think, John, you're probably out of first. But that, I don't know, if Tyler's if Tyler's in it for first, then I got to think John is too. I mean, you're Listen, only 70 points us, back. One of us. Or 60, 63 points back, even. One of
0: us in the final two weeks of the season is off on their honeymoon not paying attention to things. <laughs> and it ain't me. I'm locked in. I'm coming for second. And if first happens to fall into my lap, I will take it.
1: Yeah, 63 points, it's... I mean, you you, you by, got me the, by the only twenty thing points. That's tough
0: is that, you know, all three of my Elks players it looks like are almost done for the season. Yeah, so that's how well, you got now. the Hamilton squad. I do got the I do got my Hamilton, but now Ste just doesn't get the ball. Oh so. snap!
1: I guess I got to figure out what is going on with Week sixteen.
0: Still waiting for Duke Williams to have that breakout game because
1: we've got double Edmonton.
0: Waiting very very long. Oh boy, um,
1: we'll figure that out. Uh, all right, so, Peter, uh, you've got 635.7. So Relative you, terms, uh, that's
2: not that many. You cracked five, though. Cracked, hey, cracked six. That's I a six-pack, if you're asking me.
1: So I think, yeah, so this is the first week that John had a triple century on you. So you had been... Fighting against that, sort of uh, technically fighting against it, and then finally succumbed.
0: Yeah, I did succumb. This is disappointing, <laughs> disappointing season for you, Pete.
1: I, I, so next season, just putting it out there, there will be some penalty for capitulation. So yes. just, just prepare for it. And we will lay it out in very plain terms at the beginning of the season. If you capitulate, <laughs> There will be some sort of something. So,
0: some something. Um, before we sign off here, I just remembered that we did have some listener feedback come in last week. Hello, uh, non CFL related. Uh, well, uh, one, we actually had two questions. Ooh. One was CFL related. One non CFL related. We'll start with the question that pertains to the podcast. Um, Now, this is looking forward. We've had a lot of injuries. We've had a lot of roster shuffling. At this point, you know, I think if you're the Edmonton Elks, you're starting to look forward to next season. And a listener wants to know who we're most excited to look or we're most looking forward to watching next season. Uh, My answer is the now injured Vernon Adams Jr. I cannot wait to see him get back healthy next season. That's who I'm looking forward to seeing on the field again. Uh, What about you guys?
1: Well, I feel a little, uh, a little surprised by the question because it's not fair that you got to think about this for yes. a week. I, I um, totally <laughs> forgot about it. That's on me. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to do a, – a, I don't know if it's an unorthodox pick, but I'm also going to do it like a cheating pick, That's um, cool. which is uh, – Interested to continue to see like the rise of the CFL running back, or the re-rise of the CFL running back. You know when we really started getting into it about five years ago, it was definitely and still is a receivers league. Um But you know guys like Willie Standback, James Wilder Jr., William Powell, um, and Carey. some of the other, yeah, Kadim Carey, huge you know huge come up for him. So uh, excited to see that facet of the game continue to develop and and obviously it's just. It is a wider field, and it's longer, too. I've heard um, about this. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think the, the running game, the CFL running game.
0: I love that answer, because I love that, too. I, I,
2: I since, since Matt grouped a whole, you know, position together, I am going to ask for a full season from two Oregon Ducks.
0: Braylon Addison.
2: Braylon Addison and Josh Huff.
0: Yeah, I agree.
2: I want both of them because I—I mean, I—I I really have been watching them for quite some time, and it's—it's it's wild to think about that. But they're yeah. so good, and I—I I, I know they can be so good, and I just want all my—I want all the time I can have them on the field. I, I got to see them. I got to see him get healthy, get yes. some get some receptions because Josh. I think Josh Huff could. I mean, now that he's with Toronto now, should probably should have talked about that.
0: Yes um we i mentioned it <laughs> thank you for paying attention
1: <laughs> Oh, and i did want to i forgot to mention and i don't i think i saw it on uh three downs uh their anonymous oh yes chatter that basically it was um the arbuckle move was not a vote of confidence in mbt yes it's just that they did not see big things out of arbuckle. uh of Arbuckle. So I think what that sets up is uh, a new person under center for Toronto potentially next year. So
0: Uh, sorry, what we didn't say though, tied into this Josh Huff thing, Reggie Bagleton is back for the Calgary. (laughs) 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 Cannot believe we (laughs) totally blew that. Um, I
1: should should have mentioned it as far as my in in the Calgary Uh, pred.
0: So that's a big deal. Um, Yeah. And then I guess another player I'm looking forward to, because I just wanted to get the ball more is Devonte Dedman dude. Love Dedman Just fi- figure out ways to get him the ball in open space. Uh, and the second part of this listener question, which I don't have an answer to because I have not listened to an album this year, is what is your be- favorite new album of twenty twenty one? Donda by Kanye West. No All question. By Kanye West.
1: I think that's probably the only like new album I've listened to. I've yeah. I right, would, John, on. if
2: you haven't listened to it, do.
0: No, I will not. The <laughs> it's last, like
1: an hour and a half long.
0: The last album I listened to um, in completion was American Beauty by the Grateful Dead. That was really good, so recommend it.
1: All right, hold on. Let's see. I, I just have no idea what was even released.
0: This year, I've listened to like three Joe Jackson albums uh, <laughs> oh, and John. no new ones, so...
1: We oh, do have, I think, on certified Friday. Certified Lover
0: Boy, Hello by Drake. Certified Loser Boys. We've
1: got on Friday, I think, a new Sam Outlaw album. Oh wow! So that his first since I think like 2015.
0: He really fell off.
2: Uh, predictions for the best album of the year, Adele.
0: Oh yeah. When does that release?
2: November 19th.
0: I'll listen to that. I but got yeah, the that's day a day off. Great I like that. <laughs> All right. Uh, Oh, that is it for me, unless Matt has a dark horse album of the year coming through.
1: No, I just see. Here's the thing: like, I, I'm very, I'm much happier where I am now than I was then. But I used to be like, I used to know albums. Yeah. And now I'm, I, I'm looking at the list of albums released this year. The lockdown, I, I,
2: I, ses- the lockdown
0: sessions by Elton John is really good too. I want I, to like. I, want I recognize to, one I want out to of every twenty. Say this about my listening though: I listen to new music that's new to me. I just don't listen to new music that's being released to the world. Like these past four years have been such a discovery period for me of '80s uh, new wave alternative that I feel like I listen to new stuff all the time. So you know, don't hate me.
1: No, new, te- new Teen Days album came out this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking th- through the list of new Billie albums. I- uh, uh, Billy
2: Idol I just, uh, is just releasing an EP. Guys. Something for the Hotties by Megan The
0: Stallion. Yo, I was rapping uh, about Do you
1: listen to... to any good music, or is this. Uh, I don't Megan listen to Style Megan The Stallion,
0: dude. Handshake, hands on my knees, shaking ass on my thought shit. <laughs> that song is fucking it's so fire.
1: It's not any good. You guys have <laughs> got to stop this. It's not funny. Right. It's not cool or Megan chill or funny.
0: She is, is funny. She nope. is as I said last week off the air. She is she seems to be the sweetest human being alive. So, I want nothing but success for her. I'm with it. Anyway. anyway that's did you it know for that Evanescence
1: people. put out a new album? <laughs>
0: We're going to go talk about what albums have come out while we've been focusing on CFL football (laughs) and surviving a global pandemic. And in the meantime, send any questions you have to uh, at Shups and Preds on Twitter or send an email to us, Preds at gmail.com. We'll be back next week to talk about the final week of the CFL regular season. Make our predictions. And then hopefully by then, the playoff picture will be no more clearer. So we'll have an absolutely <laughs> chaotic week 16 uh, <laughs> that I look forward to. Uh, with that being said, I bid you adieu, and we'll talk to you next week. Peace. Peace.